Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. Well, it only takes one day for the news cycle to just blow up <laughs> and change. By the way, I'm Bill Knight. Yeah. Yes, he is. Um, yeah, it sure did blow up. One of the things we talked about at the end of the show during that update, mm-hmm. the update section, which I think deserves more attention, and the media is kind of already pushing it aside, is what happened yesterday about uh, about 7 o'clock in the morning uh, when they the entire, uh, uh, what they call it, is it the notice? Notice to no, airmen. It's a notice to no, airmen. No, no, it used they, to be that's not what, to airmen. Yeah, but they changed it because, you know, Pete Buttigieg, if anything, if he's anything, he's politically correct. They changed it to notice to air mission. Notice to mm-hmm. air mission. It used to be notice to airmen. It's a system that all the pilots have that uh, keeps them informed about what's happening on the runway and who's ahead of them, and they have a handle on where they are in the sky and, and what to expect. And apparently the whole system went down, and they're trying to pass it off, Bill, as a glitch, a little glitch yeah. in the in the software. Um, I don't think this is going to be the last time you hear of this. I think uh, there was something a week ago well, down in Florida. You, you weren't a very astute observer of the news cycle. So much, by the way, more so than anyone I watched yesterday. And I watched all the different uh, news programs yesterday to see whether right. they would mention. They made no correlation between what happened in Florida last week and what happened yesterday. It's like, didn't anybody think for a second that they had the same thing happen in a in a smaller scale in Florida? What happened? Yeah, so in what's the what's what's phase three of this? Well, goodness knows, uh, yesterday, Martha McCallum on Fox interviewed Captain Mike uh, Caulfield. He's a very mm-hmm. distinguished pilot, has 23,000 miles of flying as a commercial pilot, flew, I think, for Continental Airlines. He's a, a member of the Airline Pilots Association. He has a, a resume that, if I read it, it would probably take up most of the show, and he was talking about uh, the situation, and he had some fairly astute observations, and I think we should uh, give him a listen. I think sure. this morning was um, was much more critical than a lot of people are letting on. Um, there's been some uh, – it, it, the system itself, the NOTAM system, is a integral part of a mosaic of the air traffic control system. The uniqueness of it, Martha, is that it, it determines and communicates to pilots, flight crews, information that could affect the routing and the flight planning that is provided to those crews that the airlines receive those notams and they're unable to disseminate uh, to the flight crews uh, flight plans and dispatches without those notam information so they might be alerting them to weather to a closure on a runway to all kinds of things uh this is notice to airmen or air uh you know pilots essentially so what did you think we just were watching uh at the white house we didn't get a lot of answers about what their take is on this we've seen well, what we heard was uh, peter asked do you have confidence in pete Buttigieg, the transportation secretary and they oversee the faa and the reaction was well right. he's been on tv quite a bit this morning um and he's been he's been talking about it what more do you expect from the government on this? That, that's a great question. Let's start in the, on the congressional legislative side. The, the House 
Transportation Infrastructure Committee will have a, will have interest in it and hold hearings. The Senate Commerce Committee they will uh, address the issue. And to be quite honest, Martha, I think there's some international um, intelligence issues that the Intel Committee may be looking at. I'd like to think that when the President woke up this morning uh, and was awakened to this, he had to be involved in the decision. The Secretary can't make the decision all by himself. That there was a discussion that since 9/11 this has not occurred, mm -hmm. and that the dramatic uh, impact it would occur both to the American public, but also it would have looked out into our our defense complex around the globe to see is there anything else that, that might be matching with this. I believe that it is a serious situation, and it must be addressed not in months from now on a working on a working group, but today. So you're talking about intelligence, just quickly before. Before I let you go, are you concerned that somebody is testing our system, trying to take down part of it? Is that a possibility? It is a possibility. I think that you look at the mosaic again. The, air, the radar wasn't attacked. The, the communication wasn't attacked. A small part that that literally stopped the system was was delivered. Well, was looked at and uh, became flawed this morning. We need to have the working groups within the administration starting this afternoon. Okay, so like everything else in our country, when something like this happens and it appears to be nefarious, right, they come up even before they have an answer and, and poo-poo the idea that it was a terrorist act. You know, they, they do it all the time. You know, they, there'll be a car bombing somewhere and they'll say, oh, it was an accident. You know, uh, it wasn't a, a terrorist act or something. It's, they do it consistently. And uh, yeah. I, I think that this is this is more serious, Bill. Than people well, yeah, really I have know. a lot of thoughts on it. Now, number one, you know, he said it, it it was part of a maybe someone testing a certain small integral part. Uh, we know that there's other players in the United States. Uh, you talk about the World Economic Forum, whatnot. Perhaps somebody has a new way that they want us to do something for more control of our air travels and whatnot. Could we be doing this? you know, ourselves or as you know, a you know, branch of the government. My thought was, and this is, again, just a theory. If you wanted to move someone in or out of the country, mm -hmm. or if you wanted to move, let's say, a group of soldiers from one part of the country to another part of the country without the knowledge of that movement, uh, you would want the system to be down. So and they, and they they did this in Florida, like you said last week. The same basic thing happened, where uh, the entire uh, air traffic system was down for like two hours in Florida. Right. And so, if you were flying people around the country or in and out of the country, and you wanted no record of it, you just put the system down. Yeah. Now I got to believe there's something else somewhere somebody has that monitors things and. Somewhere they're going to get their hand caught in the cookie jar. I can guarantee this, though. Pete Buttigieg, uh, he doesn't know anything. Oh, well. But, you know, you, and you <laughs> you saw that with Southwest Airlines. And you, you can always tell somebody that's an idiot. Yeah. They'll go and they'll come in and say, well, I want you to get to the bottom of this, and then I want you to send me a memo <laughs> of what happened and what you're going to do to fix it. Well, let's hear so it. So, in other words, you don't know yourself. But you're going to sit there and make me put on paper what I believe it is, and then you're going to hold my feet to the fire with it because you're covering your ass. And let's that's what let's do hear it from this. the horse's mouth. 
Here's Pete Buttigieg. Is there a critical vulnerability here where the entire country had to be stopped because of something that probably, you know, involved one sector or another? Well, again, part of what you're seeing here is an abundance of caution and making absolutely certain that operations were safe. But this is one of the reasons why uh, we need to get these answers and, and have this review uh, of exactly what happened, uh, because uh, we need to understand whether this reflects a systemic issue uh, and what would uh, be required so that there's no single point of failure here. Uh, again, there need to be redundancies and uh, layers and layers of protection here. Uh, this is an incredibly complex system. Uh, so uh, uh, glitches or complications uh, happen all the time, but we can't allow them to uh, ever lead to this level of disruption, and we won't ever allow them to lead to a safety problem. This guy is such a, an empty suit, really. You know, yeah. big big hat, no cattle. Uh, Pete Buttigieg, uh, you know, he, one of his qualifications for being the transportation secretary was that he proposed to chasten his... Uh, his wife or husband. I'm not really sure well, who. He's the wife. Okay. I, he says he's the wife, he, but he, he identifies yeah. as a he, him. Okay, so he, get that. he proposed to his husband uh, in an airport. Okay, so that gives him all the qualifications he'll need to be transportation secretary. Have you ever noticed that any time there's a crisis, whether it's CNN, MSNBC, or whatever the network, well, here's our liaison on fire hydrant uh, safety. You know, all of yeah. a sudden, hey, you, yeah, you know what? You are the liaison on fire hydrants. Now get over here. Here's a script. Read it. You know, That's they, true. They have somebody right away. That's true. And you, you become the instant expert. You know, just you, don't be walking down know, the hall when something breaks out. You know, there's a shortage. It's a shortage of eggs. And and last night, tongue in cheek, uh, Tucker Carlson had his expert on chickens. <laughs> <laughs> and there was, he's, they he's went, on the same they, page they, as me. They on went. That. They went to a farm, and a woman's holding. And I guess. I guess she really does have chickens and likes chickens. She was an attractive young woman, and she was holding a rooster in her, in her, in, and petting it in her. <laughs> In her, well, in her a rooster's own. not a chicken if it lays an oh, egg. Oh no, no, I know, but she 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 mentioned that because she is the expert. But you need a, a rooster to get chickens, and uh, they were talking about the shortage. But he th th he was making light of the fact that he had an expert, our in-house well, expert on chickens. You know, well, he basically by today's standards did. You know, that's true. I mean, somebody could have a valve stem loose in their tire. So, we have an expert on tire valve stems. Uh, you had a flat before, didn't you? Get over here. <laughs> You're the expert. So, you know, the, the thing is, are we being told uh, the truth when it comes to that uh, shutdown yesterday? And is it something that we should just uh, not think too much about and go on with our lives? Or is it something more serious in your estimation? I think it's more serious. There's too many, there's too many uh, balls in the air right now. I mean, and... There is something major that's happening, and distractions of, are all around us. Uh, mm -hmm. And Joe's got a problem. Oh, I you know. know. The, the, uh, and it's bigger than what you think. And, and and he's lying about this to where, well, you know, as soon as we found out, we let everyone know. Actually, that was a lie right there. You see, they've known about the documents there for over two months. I like they how you just, segued from the uh, you segued from the air traffic problem into the classified documents so smoothly. I just wanted to applaud you, <laughs> applaud you. <laughs> but you're but, right. You know, 
but that's been going on for over two months. And it's not just the initial 10, 10 documents. Uh, they found another batch that's even bigger than that at another location. And then there's even more than that. There are hundreds of documents out there that they don't want out there that pertain to gifts, you know, from China, Russia, the Ukraine. And he's got a problem. And there's evidence, not only about the two months, but that they have been they've been playing a shell game with these documents and they've been moving them around. So the whole can of worms has fallen over and the worms are running all over the floor and they're going, <laughs> oh, we, we got to clean this up. He was uh, on TV yesterday commenting about the first batch of classified documents they found at the Penn Biden think tank in D.C. First, people know I take classified uh, documents, classified information seriously. When my lawyers were clearing out my office at the University of Pennsylvania, they set up an office for me, secure office in the Capitol. When I, the four years after being vice president, I was a professor at Penn. Uh, they found some documents in a box, in a locked cabinet, or at least a closet. And as soon as they did, they realized there were several classified documents in that box. And they did what they should have done. They immediately called the archives, immediately called the archives, turned them over to the archives, and I was briefed about this discovery and surprised to learn that there were any government records that were taken there to that office. But I don't know what's in the documents. I've, my lawyers have not suggested I ask what documents they were. I've turned over the boxes. They've turned over the boxes to the archives, and we're cooperating fully, cooperating fully with the review, and which I hope will be finished soon, and uh, there'll be more detail at that time. So if I get this right now, these are highly classified, top-secret documents in a box, in a closet, at a university, right? found by unvetted students. Yeah. I know his, the ones, no, they were found by his lawyers. They were found yeah. by lawyers. But here's, yeah. the, here's the problem, Bill. They supposedly were in his office, I think, from 2017. It's five, yeah. five years they sat there. Who had access to him? Who, who yeah. other than Joe had access to that closet and those documents? Well, Penn State is... Um... No, it's, it's University of Pennsylvania. There's a difference. Oh, yeah. I just want to oh, make yeah, sure. Oh, yeah, there is. Okay. My kids went yeah, to University Penn State. I, I don't but... want to sully Penn State. <laughs> no, you don't want to do that. Although they've got some things going on there, too. Uh, Not really. But... No, I, I find nothing wrong with that. When you spend as much money as I have with uh, students at Penn State, you, you can't. You can't accept that anything is wrong with this. Well, you can't accept it about any school, really, to be honest with you. Um, but but I can about University of Pennsylvania. You know, they got, they got like, I, I want to say $25 million from the Chinese? Yeah, I was just going to go there. That's where I was headed. It's a dark money laundry source. Now, where is this money going? Well, obviously, it's going to the Biden Penn Center, and it goes to campaigns. It's... It goes for a lot of different, but it's dark money that nobody knows. And yet we had classified documents there. So what did we give them in return for those donations? That's exactly what was on right. That, what was on those documents? And, you know, they're not saying where the second batch of documents were found. Mm -hmm. Now, the, the, the question is, <laughs> this dates back to when he was vice president. And even when he was 
uh, nothing exactly you know, out of the office. Yeah. So what the hell was he doing with them uh, to begin with? Well, somebody said yesterday that there should be a raid. He has about, would you believe he has about six residences around D.C.? I mean, when you when you come into a lot of money and, and you're suddenly wealthy beyond your comprehension, I guess you have to buy stuff. You're not satisfied living in one. My dad used to say to me when I, I was a kid, you know, Jimmy, you, you can only live in one house no matter how rich you are. You can only live in one house at a time, have one meal at a time, ha- drive one car at a time. He said, mm-hmm. he said, and you don't need all the other thing, all the other things in life. Yeah. But you know, he's building a wall around his one property. Yeah. I, and again, you look at these multi-million dollar properties, you look at his salary and you're going like, okay, he makes this income level, but he lives this big fluff cake lifestyle. So where is the money coming from all that icing on that cake? Well, I think we talked about this yesterday, but Hunter Biden's daughter, Naomi, was asked whether she would like to go to China. This is uh, a couple of years ago, I guess, three three Mm -hmm. years ago. Uh, All expenses paid on the Chinese, wined and dined, uh, flying business class, which is its first class. Uh, They don't call it that anymore. They call it business class to give it more panache, you see. Uh, to justify it. I mean, if you were a businessman, uh, you may not want to travel first class on a plane. It may sound too expensive. But if they call first class business class, then you may change your mind and say, well, I'm a businessman. I should be in business class. So that's why they, they did that. But uh, she told her dad that the Chinese offered her that deal. And <laughs> her dad said, oh, that's great. Uh but but hey, see see what they'll say. they'll give you a ticket for your boyfriend too, so you can go as a couple. You know, yeah. it wasn't enough that she was going to get the package to go. You know, well, they always grab for more than what they 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 shouldn't be grabbing for anything, honestly. And the professor bill from the professor from University of Pennsylvania who sent her the letter, mm. it was it was kind of a nasty. I mean, I say nasty. He obviously was a liberal because he made a nasty comment about Trump's, uh, I guess, niece, who is who is kind of a liberal herself, the one that was on the outs with Trump. Uh, mm-hmm. But um, he he was making the offer to her for the Chinese, and I'm thinking, what is a professor from the University of Pennsylvania doing, being the intermediary between the Chinese government? And the granddaughter to, at the time, uh, former vice president of the United States. Well, you know, it begs the question, how, how deep are we, uh, are we indebted to them? Because obviously uh, they've got uh, plenty of players in the U.S. in their pocket. How much of us do they own? Well, they, they, didn't we talk about this a few months ago, about they're buying yeah, up all of, our, all of our uh, farms and a lot of property around the country. Well, they're they're buying up our lands. It, well, Biden is is quick to sell them everything or give them everything. Our strategic reserve. We're not talking about the fuel situation anymore, and the fact that we're still not energy uh, uh, self sufficient anymore. We're we're dependent on everybody. Russia uh, th- that allowed them to get you know money flowing in that country again. Biden has given it all away. 
You know, slipping back to uh, the transportation secretary from the first story, you know, he should be paying attention to real transportation issues like uh, the goods that are being backed up at our port still. You know, we don't Mm -hmm. hear about it anymore. We don't hear about the ships waiting to dock so they can unload their their goods in in different, uh, you know, Long Beach, California, places like that. You don't hear about that, but it's still happening. It's just not yeah. in the news anymore. It's not important. You know, another thing you didn't hear about was uh, a couple of days ago, uh, the car train that goes from the D.C. area down to Florida. You know, where right. you, if you want to bring your car down to Florida, you get it, you put it on the car train, and then you get a, a sleeper car, and it, it's an overnight ride, but it's really kind of nice. Mm-hmm. Well... That overnight ride turned into a three a three day horror uh, show for a lot of people. Really, what happened? Well, there was a derailment on the on the rail the rail line, and you would have thought that they've never dealt with a derailment anymore. I mean, now they have ways of going around derailments. You know, yeah, backing the train it, up. Yeah. yeah. Well, they said they were going to do that, but they kept running into a problem when they would try to go around it. They'd run into some other snag. That's because the system is not functioning properly. You know, I watch these train systems in in Europe, these high-speed trains, and in Japan, Mm -hmm. and and they're flying along at 185 miles an hour, 200 miles an hour, on the ground, in a train. Inside, the people are enjoying their dinner and and, and, uh, having a leisurely time as they're sailing from one town to the other. And we don't have that here in this country. Well, do we or do we not? Because apparently, okay, you got the you got the trains. We have the planes that you have the notice to airmen. You see all the planes in the air. I always thought that we had something to track the trains. You know where every train is and where it's rolling right now on a track somewhere, just like every ship at sea. Yeah, you it have you have, too. you have a tracking system. Um, the railroads can tell you where any train is at any time. They've had that yeah. for decades. You know. Yeah. But uh, what, I, what I mean is that we don't have high-speed trains in this no, country. No, we don't. Uh, and our train system should be more flexible than, than what we have right now. I mean, you shouldn't be in a situation where a train that goes every day on the same route has it runs into a derailment, and they haven't got a, some relatively quick fix for it. Do you know what I'm saying? Well, here's a, here's a caveat to that. Going back to the Obama administration— I remember this. There was money that was allocated to, and they even touted it, that they were going to rebuild our railroad system. I remember, a, that. I remember that too, Bill. Yep. It was a <laughs> butt ton of money that that went to it, but nothing ever happened. And this country, a lot of its economic success was built by the railroads. A lot of, yep. if you look at the history of it, uh, so what what the hell did we do with all that money? What happened to that plan? Well, at the time we built the railroads, they were owned by private companies. And there was right. a capital challenge, meaning uh, there was a competition of sorts between like Southern Pacific and Union Pacific and all these different mm-hmm. railroad companies. The first one to get from point A to point B would win the route or something like that. I mean, there was always – so there was a private – uh, capitalistic sector. Yeah. yeah, there was a private capitalistic sector that right now they're trying to make everything government. When you make everything government, you make it kind of lazy, you know, you make it fat, lazy, and slow. 
hey, we're going to improve the system. Hey, the the bid goes out to the lowest bidder. Yeah. And then usually it uh, becomes a family project, and your sons and daughters have jobs, and their kids have jobs for years. Isn't that the truth? We yeah. we we give the bid always to the lowest bidder. Oh, he came in millions below what you know the other guy did. Well, maybe the other guy was going to do it right, and the guy you picked is going to do it uh, sloppily, poorly, yeah. ineffectively. You know, Pennsylvania is a commonwealth. You know, so yeah, it's a prime example of that. If you've never driven through Pennsylvania. Take a ride through the, our state on our lovely highways. Oh. We spend hundreds of millions of dollars on our roadways. And I'll tell you what, there's there's not a pothole that you're going to miss Bill, all the way through it. When I, when I got my job in Pittsburgh for the first time, this is back in the very early mm-hmm. 80s, I was coming from New York State. And the, <laughs> the New York Thruway was beautiful. I was driving down through Buffalo, and it was a nice, yep. smooth drive. And I got off on 79, which is a major highway, goes down uh, through the western part of, of New York and, Pen- and western Pennsylvania. And as soon as I hit the Pennsylvania area, it was as if I drove off the road. <laughs> All of a sudden, I was hitting pothole after pothole. I'm, and I'm not exaggerating. It no. was not, This wasn't like little bumps in the road. This was like someone had pulled out sections of the highway, it seemed. It was incredibly noticeable, and it really hasn't improved a lot in the 40 years since that uh, that first excursion into western Pennsylvania. I mean, yeah. there, there's sections that are better. Yes, I have to say there are sections, but there are other sections that are eh, not so good. And, and when they do repave a road, they use, like I said, the lowest bidder, the cheapest you know, components that they can have to, you know, fill that pothole, pack the ground, blacktop it. And then all of a sudden, you know, the first rainstorm or snowstorm that comes along, potholes back. Yeah, exactly. You know, and they, they'll they pave the road and you'll say, oh, isn't this nice? And then next week they'll have another another company, another company, another division of the state will come in and tear a part of the, the road they just they just paved to put a pipe in or something. It's like, oh yeah, that happens all the time. Well, what are you guys doing? You just paved this last week. Why are you tearing it up again? I'm sure this happens in a lot of states. There are people all around the country right now nodding their head like, oh, Pennsylvania's not alone. You should be, you should be out here in Arkansas or in Kansas. I'm sure there are other states that do the right same thing. Right hand does not know what the left is doing. Well, we know what they're doing with their hands, but <laughs> the point is. Is that, you know, there's a thing, friends, uh, if you do stuff like that, called communication. Well, you know, Bill, this guy Buttigieg, right? He's yeah, the trans- He's the guy who's running our transportation department. Did Biden hire him because he is the most qualified transportation person in the country? Mind you, the previous president, he tried to hire people based upon their experience and what they could bring to the table. They weren't well, let's hired look for at wokeness. The qualifications. Let's look at the qualifications of everyone that Biden has hired. Our Surgeon General. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He wears a nice dress. Really does. What about the guy that was caught stealing luggage in the nuclear? Uh, Never saw a guy the- look better in stiletto heels. All right. So we got that. Mm. 
Who else do we have here? Well, you got Buttigieg. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, 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 the press secretary for the president. Corrine Jean-Pierre? Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. He's hired a lot of people for their qualifications. Unfortunately, they don't match the job that he hired them for. No, they're all woke. And when I say woke, I don't say that to be mean or negative or anything like that. You know, I'm sure all these people are wonderful people in their own right, but they don't have the qualifications for the jobs that he's giving them. Pete Buttigieg was the mayor of South Bend, Indiana. Okay, population about 100,000 people, which if you're in Massachusetts, that's maybe about the size of uh, Fall River and New Bedford together, or maybe Fall River and a half, you know, or if you are in uh, the Boston area, Maybe it's the size of Needham, or uh, if you're in Pittsburgh, it's maybe the size of uh, of half of Pittsburgh. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? He he, and he had a terrible reputation for potholes. I mean, I'm serious. This guy promised to fix the roads, and he made them worse. He spends, mm-hmm. you know, he spends most of his time on vacation. He just got back from Portugal. He is a poser. He is a phony. There are people that say, you know, he's posing at being, you know, LGBTQ. You know, I'm going, no, I think he is. Although, you know, I'll just point out a fact. He could be posing to a degree of, you you saw his husband uh, in an interview with uh, that guy that looks great in stilettos uh, that was uh, stealing the luggage, the bald guy with (laughs) the the dress and everything. Yeah. Yeah, Brennan. And, And they were in a conversation. It was videoed. And his husband was going, oh, you wore that outfit. Oh, <laughs> he was so flamboyant. But I have to and tell like you, going, I have to tell you something. And, and, and there are people who are, uh, they have different sexual preferences than I do, uh, who are qualified. I'll tell you, Rick Grinnell, who mm-hmm. uh, was, worked for President Trump. Uh, who was the ambassador to Germany and was a very important advisor to President Trump, he was eminently qualified, and he focused on the job at hand. Well, that's that's where I was going. I don't care that they're flamboyant. I think Buttigieg is putting on a a picturesque front for the American public because he's going, they won't accept me if if I'm the real me. You know what? I would accept you if you're the real you, if you can do your job. If you can do your job, I don't give a rat's ass. I don't understand mm-hmm. that. I, I'd be honest about that. But, hey, that's your bag, you know? Got a question for you. Where do you think he goes now with uh, the second batch of uh, classified documents being found uh, somewhere in Biden's, in Biden's uh, uh, his myriad properties around uh, D.C. They won't say where, by the way. It could have been yeah. anywhere. Well, I think they're trying to figure out how to cover this thing up. I mean, because there's already calls by the public and everywhere else that his houses be raided. So I think the next thing is going to be is a mock raid just to satisfy the public's taste for fairness in in that. Uh, and they're doing they're going to do a shell game. I think that there's hundreds and hundreds yeah. of more documents that date back and probably direct link to China and Russia and the Ukraine. And the, the difference between theirs, his documents and Trump's documents, Trump's documents, they were legal for him to have, and they didn't have the impact of what this has. I mean, you're talking about some Intel memos that he had 
What kind of intel memos? And, you know, the other question that I would have on memos that he had, did he have documents and intel uh, on the campaign running to the election? Because we already know that they were, you know, they were doing things uh, with uh, social media and the media to manipulate and control. Mm -hmm. What all was there and is there? So I think there's going to be more. Good question. Good question. You know what else they're not talking about? They're not talking about who is informing the media about these classified documents. Somebody on Biden's team somewhere either has an agenda with Biden. Somebody's leaking these fines to the to the press, and it's really coming down hard on Biden and his administration. You know, so somebody has. Think they're looking for him. Uh, Whoever well, that person is. Well, that's that's just it. I think they are, and I think that's the problem that Biden's got. Somebody on his quote team is a double agent. Yeah, well, Biden, welcome to the party. Now yeah. you know what it's like. I hope I hope that you have a few people like that, so you get a real good taste. You know, maybe maybe there ought to be a. a a committee on you for the next two years. This could be a long two years. You know, they should also you know. raid uh, the University of Pennsylvania and find out what Absolutely. he has what he has up there going on. Uh, Every one of his properties should be raided. Yeah, uh, and the University of Pennsylvania should be raided. And I bet you, you will see rats running down uh, the 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 anchor chain <laughs> yeah. of those ships yeah. to get the hell off in a hurry because. They don't want to be on a ship that sinks. Hey, we should remind people, if you want to uh, comment on a show or to simply say hello, or if you want to advertise on our show, we're going to start doing that, we hope, in the not-too-distant future. Our phone number is 833-538-7868, If you forget the number, just go to our website. It's anotherday.com. It's all there. The email address, Bill? Yeah, it's mail at itsanotherday.com or mail at crnamerica.com. Funny thing, you know, we've, and it's kind of just a side thing, mm-hmm. uh, we've mentioned before that we've been hacked, you know, and we've had right. different hack jobs going on. I was watching a live podcast of somebody mm-hmm. yesterday, and right in the middle of it, you know, and, the, and they had a couple of people and somebody typing on the screen, we're being hacked right now and everything was going to hell. And I'm like going, join the club happens to Jim and Bill all the time, you know. Uh, But they're out there monitoring everything and throwing, you know, stuff on the track to knock every train off the track. Well, you know, they, they get, I guess they're allergic to the truth. You know, we, we talk as, as best we can with full, you know, as many facts as we have. And we, we have an honest opinion. And by yeah. the way, our opinions are just that. It's it's our opinion. But right. they seem to match up with the opinions of a lot of our listeners. Yeah, you they know? do. It's, uh, it's amazing that, uh, but I'm just saying, you're going to see that and hear that with a lot of lot of media. If they don't like what's being said, uh, they mess with them. They shut it down for a little well, bit. Well, they're trying desperately. You're seeing it day by day. You're reading and hearing about... Uh, uh, different ways that the FBI and some of the uh, three-letter agencies uh, messed around with uh, some. Uh, they t- interfered 
with how people communicated, like on Twitter. If you had an opinion that was not necessarily uh, wrong, it might have been right, but it didn't match the narrative that they wanted presented on that uh, social media platform, Right. then they were trying to get that social media platform to remove it, to censor mm-hmm. you. People like Tucker Carlson, uh, they were, you know, uh, Tommy Laren, who's a young woman who has uh, some very strong conservative views. You may have heard about her. She had her stuff censored. And I'm sure our stuff has been messed around with. Yeah. Now, the question that I would have, you know, because obviously it's been pointed out, the Twitter releases and everything. Do you think that it stopped or do you think they're just like everything else going, all right, doesn't look like they're looking right now. Let's go back to doing what we do. I think that um, I think that uh, Musk is a uh, a wrench in the machinery. You know, he came along with an incredible amount of money and blindsided them by having an interest in buying them. It's like, say what? He wants to he wants to buy Twitter. Uh, well, he can't afford it. Well, he can't afford it. He and then he bought it. I think they're they're kind of uh, in shock that he has this kind of control. And, you know, you don't hear about this because the media isn't talking about it, but he's still releasing batches of documents on different topics where they were trying to influence Twitter or not trying to, did influence Twitter into doing the wrong thing, you know? Yeah, I, I think Elon... Yeah. He wasn't a conservative. He wasn't a liberal. He was just a regular guy. And I think, though, but he saw that there was a lot of weird stuff going on. Now, when he bought Twitter, I think he discovered, wow, I bought something that was more corrupt than I ever thought. Yeah. So he's taking and washing his hands clean of the dirt that he bought, and they don't know what to do about it. So I think now the media is in denial and ignoring uh, ignoring it. He has the money not only to clean it up, but to make Twitter a more powerful social media tool for a lot mm-hmm. of people. Already, he's allowing people who were banned by Twitter for life to come back, back onto on. the platform. Yeah, so this is this is an important thing. And if you wonder how important is Twitter, I mean, I don't use Twitter that much. I have a I have a, an account, but I hardly ever use Twitter. But right. there are some people who that's all they use. Lots of people. Yeah. That's all they use Twitter, you know, yeah. and uh, it, it, it's a strong media force to think that you can comment about something, and it, that comment can be read by millions of people. Well, look at our look at our our little podcast here. We've been doing this for over a little over a year now, and it never occurred to us that we had as many downloads around the world that we've had. I mean. We thought. Yeah, it vacillates up and down. I do know that, but yeah, there's. I mean, do you, uh, we we didn't have a clue that it was as huge as yeah. as it is. As they say, a butt ton of people. There's or <laughs> whatever. Exactly. Yeah, there, there's a lot of people out there, and um, you know, we appreciate that. We thank you for that. But uh, uh, but I mean, it's, it's we, amazing how powerful you know it is. Now, do we think it's going to go? See, I, I still have my doubts about social media. I, I love it, but I hate it because it has become such a big player uh, in the world of politics. Yeah. And and uh, I don't, not for the good. Let's look at, that look at uh, YouTube influencers and things like that. Young people 
who'll come along and mm-hmm. they'll they'll do a little short video on just about everything they do, and they post it, and people by the millions in some cases will watch these people doing whatever silliness they're doing. You know, it becomes like a they become celebrities. Some of them become actually very wealthy for yeah. doing these things. Well, the media is crazy, and some of the double standards and the woke standards that are out there. I saw a meme. Now, I can't exactly explain the song, but it's a popular song. Mm-hmm. Like Cardi B, uh, and they call it by the initials of what she's actually saying. It is a very filthy song, you know, the uh, WPA song. It's filthy. Well, and, and yet, you know, and there's somebody uh, there, there's, they're saying, hey, radio station, blah, 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 blah. Oh, I'm sorry. We can't play, baby. It's cold outside. That that is just yeah yeah right you know, that, that's a wrong song, but we can play Cardi B and that's WPA right. yeah <laughs> yes and I'm like on and the the sad thing is, it's true we're we're pushing the extremes of life to the limits yeah and how how far down the, this hole of carnage or uh, whatever you want to call it are we gonna sink? Well, it, it seems like just when you think you've reached the bottom, there's more to go. You mm-hmm. know, uh, we have people who are on uh, award shows getting up and uh, punching other guys in the in the face. We have uh, award show people going up and reading a statement uh, that includes uh, some kind of vulgarity or swear, and uh, no one beeps it anymore. They just let no. it. They let it fly. When, when we were kids. You had to run, was it 12 second delays on television? 10, let's say 7 to 12 seconds worth of delay so that the director could kill the obscenity that somebody, uh, you know, threw at the audience. Yeah. Uh, not I anymore. remember those uh, 10 second delays, is what it was. You know, and the, and the old way of doing it, if you couldn't afford the machine, and we got another reel to reel. So, you know what? We're going to record on that reel, but we'll loop it to the other reel. Well, that's the what they playback. did. It. When I was at WBZ, mm-hmm. they had a, a record unit at one end of the master control room, and it, yeah. went, it went like 35 feet. It went by pulleys. They would record on one machine, and the tape would run down on the pulleys, go along the floor on pulleys, go across the room on pulleys, come up on pulleys to another uh, Ampex, uh, Ampex, uh, yeah, t- tape machine, and playback on that one. And I said to an engineer once when I was filling in for a talk show, I think one of the, I had a crazy career, folks. The first time I ever did a talk show, I was a disc jockey. First time I did a talk show, I filled in for one of the biggest talk show hosts, overnight talk shows in the country. And I, it was a, a wing and a prayer. But he, I said to the engineer on duty, I said, what happens if someone calls me and swears at me? The guy says, uh, tell him uh, to go blank himself too and we'll take you both off the air. Because he had that much time. He had like 25 seconds or whatever it was. I think it was 12 seconds to to decide whether to turn the, the volume down and, and, and to kill that uh, audio feed. They uh, That was the kind of thing they were concerned about when I was in broadcasting in the 70s in the 80s and the 90s, they were concerned about decency. And now it just doesn't seem to be all that important anymore. No, it doesn't. But, you know, it's funny because back in the days when you were worried so much about it, too, sometimes 
something would slip. I remember helping a friend get a job at uh, a big 50,000 watt station in Fresno, where I'm from. And, you know, he was on the air and, you know, had a massive signal at night. And, you know, you'd put callers on the air and it played contemporary music. And this one lady calls up, you know, because she lived out in the rural area. And apparently her cow got loose and was running down the the road. And she's doing this play-by-play of her cow running down the road. And it was effing this and effing that. And then when he realized, oh, wait, oh, oh, oh my God. <laughs> it was it was too late. It was fifty thousand watts coast to coast and yes. out to Hawaii. <laughs> but you know, and I'm just sitting there going, "Oh, that, would you that say that that story be... was utterly ridiculous? It was utterly ridiculous. <laughs> and uh, but it's a true story. Yeah, uh, the guy lives out. He's uh, he has a farm, a ranch outside of Bakersfield now. You know, he's retired and said, "Ah, the hell with it. I'm done with radio and everything." <laughs> and um, but yeah, it was a true story, and uh, we it was just. And the hotline didn't ring. It but was we came from because... a different we came from a different era in broadcasting, yeah. though. Where that if if that happened, that was like, uh, oh my God, did you hear what was on so and so's show? How did that get through? That they, they would have some kind of internal investigation. How did they how did they let that slip onto the air? I mean, it was important to know how that happened. The FCC, by the way, could come in and give you a fine. Yeah, well, but the the reality is, you know, you might listen to radio. And back in the day, there wasn't internet, so you had radio, and that was it, or a CB radio. But yeah, if you know, it might be the number one station in town. Oh yeah, we got a quarter million people that listen at any given time. But maybe that one given time, you had two, you and the person that just called in, and that was it. That's how listenership works. You uh, don't know. Those were the days. Those were the days when, when uh, we had decency rules, and we the country was cooking with gas. And speaking about cooking oh, with gas. gas. Oh, you have gas? well, I don't have gas, but I've used okay. gas. I've had gas. <laughs> I mean, I've had gas in my kitchen. Might, might this, I recommend gas? This, this is not working out well. Um, our administration, out of the clear mm-hmm. blue sky a couple of days ago, started to push the elimination of gas stoves in kitchens. Now, think about this for a second. They've been around for, what, 150 years, gas stoves? Absolutely. And everybody praises gas stoves. They work well. They they cook differently than electric stoves because the flame has something to do with how you how the, the, the food cooks. And they some people literally, literally just can't cook without a gas stove. Well, might I say, too, it's cheaper than electric. But, you know, gas stoves. We're probably not just talking gas stoves in your house. We're probably talking about, you know, hey, springtime's coming up. You want to throw a, you know, a steak and a barbie? Forget it. That takes gas. Wait a second. They're talking about eliminating gas stoves, but will the gas furnaces be next? And gas well, you, generators? Yeah. And- gas generators, gas stoves. Yeah. You know what? If you got a generator at the house, it probably comes from natural gas that's piped to the house. You know, because the electricity can go down, but that gas will still be there. But now here's a big surprise. You'll you'll never guess who started this whole eliminate the gas stove movement. But you had to do a little research to find this out. But being the the uh, diligent researcher that I am, <laughs> in other words, you have no time. I know nothing. I know life. Time. I have no life. Plenty of time is what I'm trying yeah, to say. I have no life. Uh, Klaus Schwab 
and the World Economic Forum were the people behind this whole movement to eliminate gas stoves and houses. I got to play for you this cut. CNN is nothing more than a mouthpiece of the left. They try to tell you that they have a new boss and they're really trying to change into a more mainstream news no, operation. Not. They haven't changed one iota. And uh, so they had a, a report on this whole gas stove thing. And I got to play this for you. This is uh, CNN and their reporters doing like, I guess it was a little gaggle of reporters talking about the importance of gas stoves being removed. Listen. Gas stoves could soon get 86 from kitchens across the country going forward. The U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commissioner is considering a ban on the appliances for new builds. Uh, it says those appliances can be a source of indoor pollution, sometimes linked to childhood asthma. So there's a study out last month which found indoor gas stove use and the pollutants that come with it are tied to an increased risk of asthma in children. CNN Chief Climate Correspondent Bill Ware is here. So uh, people are up in arms over this. There seems to be this sense that I'm going to take that stove out of your kitchen, which is not exactly what's happening. No, but it speaks to the emotion yeah. of food and how we prepare it and certain styles. And this is 100 years of advertising. You're cooking with gas now was a deliberate campaign from the American Gas Association when they were up against wood and coal mm -hmm. back in the 30s. Even today, a couple of years ago, it was found that they're sort of paying influencers to cook out their gas stoves because electric, frankly, is so superior just in terms of it's much more efficient, it's safer, the new induction stoves are safer and all of that. And this has created sort of gas wars in different parts of the country. They banned it in new construction in New York City, out west in California, Washington State. But a lot of states have preemptively banned gas bans. And you can imagine they're usually red states in, in Texas leading the way. They want to stop this because it's an existential threat to that business. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's, you know, the science is showing us that having a gas stove in a small apartment, especially with bad ventilation, it's like having an, a car idling there. And if you have wow. young kids, it can affect cognitive abilities and, and as well as asthma. So, Bill, let me ask you a question, because New York is now considering doing the same for gas heating, because you've often heard that gas heating is at least a better option than heating oil, right? As kind of an interim step here. So, so I wonder, where does that go? And, and does it, I mean, all of this is about what, I suppose, what you can do now, right, versus what you might be able to do in the future. But, but is this going to affect that, you know, states trying to transition to, to away from gas heating as well? Right. I think the, the regulation, the requests around the stoves is more about ventilation, warning, shut off valves so you don't have accidents. You just make them safer. You don't really end them. But it's the kind of thing, I did this story at a, at a place right outside of Denver. They tried to create a, a net zero community and no gas. But half of the development got sold to a new developer who insisted on putting it in. So all zoning really is kind of local. And you got to think about this is the decision you're making on that is a 20 or 30 year decision. A lot of times on a new construction, you put the oven in there you hope it lasts a generation or so and the you know the, the technology is now is so much advanced beyond that but it's really setting up a, more of an ideological fight right now yeah. but the more people aware of the, of the cost of yeah. these things the better I, I mean, we're just, out of time but really oh sorry yeah. in New York no, I was just City. Say, look at look at Trump's reaction to incandescent light bulb you know the ban on incandescent yeah. light bulb it was like this exactly. is almost a religious issue you know or yeah. low flow shower heads or any yeah. of those sorts of things it's it's but, a personal freedom I question but also the gas no gas lines in new construction is that about fossil fuels or is it about 
Sorry, I'm getting in trouble. No, well, no, that's okay. that's a short answer. It's about climate change okay. because right. methane is 80 times more powerful right. than CO2 when it comes to heating up the planet. Right. So big time. But but in small spaces, it's personal health. OK, appreciate it, Bill. Thank you. Bet. you. OK, so first of all, understand something. This was not an issue last week anywhere no. in the world. And now you have these talking experts who are nothing more than reporters for CNN. They're talking now like they have the answer. And, uh, you know, how? Wh- what was the comment he made about, uh, uh, about it's like having a car running in idle in your kitchen? Well, that's a crap statement. It uh, is. The real, the real thing that he said was, well, you know, when they do these, you know, it's a 30-year plan and technology changes. Ah, okay, this is what the real trick is. You know, they want us to replace those stoves every so They're not making money if you have a device in your house that's good for 20, 30, 40 years. Maybe needs a new valve or a retrofit part on it. And it, you know, it has character and it works perfectly. Yeah. They're not making money on that. I heard heard a chef to change it. I heard a chef on Fox say yesterday, listen, there's nothing wrong with gas stoves. A lot of people would prefer gas stoves because of the way they cook. And he said, all you have to do is have proper ventilation. Make sure you have a good fan and a good ventilation system. You're fine. That's been known for years, you know, and they're acting like the gas stays on. Uh, You got a pilot light that burns the the little bit of gas that's going there. You don't have the problem that they're saying that you have. That is a bold-faced lie. We have a gas fireplace, and that tiny little pilot stays on all the time. No big deal. Doesn't hurt anything. Doesn't damage anything. Nobody's gotten sick in that room when that just the little pilot is. Nobody's gotten sick when the, when the fire's been burning in the fireplace. You know, they're talking about, you know, the things that happen to people in their health. Uh, we talked about the baby formula yesterday. We yeah. talked about metal in the candies. You know, we talk about people, if you look at the news, you know, people are dropping left and right all over the place. Well, you know what? Let's think about that now. What could possibly be doing that 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 could cause cancer, maybe cancer in the brain, cancer anywhere in the body? Could it be, you know, maybe the electricity? Because when you have that, these high, these high voltage lines, well, it's been known that they cause leukemia. We're talking about RF. Well, now you got RF radio radiation. Yeah. Not only from radio towers, but from the cell towers, and you know we're in the five G uh, zone, and we're going to the eight and ten G zones. And, you know, and those frequencies. Whatever you know, happened, they scramble your brains. Whatever happened to the warnings we got about five G? Don't go to five G. It's going to be much more dangerous and much more damaging to the human body. And they supposedly the. Uh, uh, the companies, the big companies that were advocating 5G put a full course, court press on to squelch that conversation, and it worked. It, it worked. Mm-hmm. We heard it, it, it squelched it, and now most of these companies are touting 5G. What's, what's that Look, doing to us? It's doing a lot. I, I know this. When you see a big radio tower, it used to be uh, the engineers all knew it. You know, it's like, eh, there's a big 50,000-watt FM station there. If you were at the one-mile umbrella under under the signal, you know, coming down, yeah, 
you know, you're getting pretty much maximum RF exposure. Uh, some engineers go, Mr. Knight, how can you say that? Well, you know what? You can poo-poo it, and I'll give you, give me 10 enge engineers that poo-poo it. I'll give you 15. I'll sit there and go, yep, that's right. You want to talk uh, about... You want to talk about uh, damage and, and that that towers uh, radio frequency can do to you? Uh, when I was working at uh, a station in Pittsburgh, a big station, maybe the biggest AM station in Pittsburgh, went out to the transmitter site one time. Went out to one of the little they call them uh, sh shacks, a uh, little tower mm -hmm. tower shack underneath one of the towers, and the tuning you, shack. You, yeah, yeah. You go into the tower, go into that little shack, and they had a yellow line on the floor. And they said, do not go beyond that yellow line. Yeah, you're getting radiated. No, you'll get zapped. You'll get oh, killed. Oh, yeah, yeah, the arc. Yeah, yeah. the AMR. Well, and you could, look on the, you could look on the floor, and you'd see squirrels and mice that obviously uh, didn't know what the yellow line was, was for. And They, they would didn't be, know? They didn't get the memo? They would be moved on to uh, another place, a happier place. And, uh, but the point I'm trying to make is there's a lot of stuff in the air all around you every day that's going into your body and has an effect on you one way or the other. Maybe not much of an effect, but do we really know? It adds up. It adds up. Uh, you know, the telephone thing is a problem. You know, there were there were police officers that got, believe it or not, because of the, the radar guns. Yeah. Oh, you yes. You know, when they're sitting there, they'd put it in between their legs and sit there. Yes. And then they got testicular cancer. You know what else causes that? Brain cancer and testicular cancer? Um is when you have a cell phone and you got it up against your head all the time. Yes. That's RF radiation right there by your brain. Or you're driving down the road and you're going, oh, I got to pay attention. Where do you put that phone? Sometimes right there between your legs. And I know this. Uh, I'll just say his first name, Jude. He's uh, He worked for me. Mm -hmm. He got it. And it turned out <laughs> the doctor said it was from the cell phone. They had to rip that guy in half and clean him out stem to stern. He's a pharmacist now, but I had a friend of mine pass away, and they believe it was because of cell phone usage back in the nineties. Uh, he was traveling all over the world, and he would be—you'd uh, always see him with a cell phone next to his head, and yeah. and he, and apparently that's where the tumor was that killed him. It was on that side of his brain. So you're absolutely correct. We and we don't yeah. know. You know, you see people with phones against their head all the time, and what's the first thing? I'm tired. I got a headache. Yep. Yeah. You, you might want to get that checked. And, you know, people are dropping dead for no reason at all. You know, look at uh, Diamond of Diamond and Silk. You know, her heart gave out. Well, it turns out uh, there's a problem with her death. What was she, 51, 52? 51. 51. She was not sick. No known problems. She just was, you know, doing her thing. Dropped. Wow. And that was it. And that's happening a lot, especially young people. It's that uh, 5G, 8G thing. So you got to wonder if maybe they quit talking about something. That's well, really a, a lot of I'm these people saying. are young people. I'm talking mm -hmm. about basketball players in high school and college, soccer mm -hmm. players, football players. I have a list. I think we talked about it yesterday of about 200 people. In I'm talking in the last three or four months who around the world who have died, and they don't, some people are saying it's because they think it's the vaccine. But as soon as they say that, they get uh, nailed as being conspiracy theorists and, uh, you know, people of small minds. I mean, they get. Well, maybe, you know, maybe it's not one thing, but it's a collection, a, a collective of all these things 
maybe there is something in the vaccine uh, that that has some kind of metal in it. Well, we know it's in baby formula. We know it's in candy. And so you got that. Now you got an electronic device that has RF, you know, frequencies. You know, maybe that does it. You walk you walk out in the, the, the normal environment and there's stuff out there. Birds get zapped in midair when they fly through a microwave path, you know, where you're uh, transmitting a signal, a high, highly beamed signal from point A to B. Well, from point A to B, we've gone too. We've gone from the beginning to the end of our program, if the point A being the beginning and uh, point B being the end. Uh, well, listen, I know that was a, that was very deep for me. I know um, we're going to do it again tomorrow. We, you know, we didn't have enough time to do all the stories we wanted to talk about, but no, we didn't. But there are. It's just a very busy news cycle. A lot of things happening again, just like yesterday. If something happens major in the course of the day. We will try to get back to you with an update, e- either an update to this program or a separate update. It might be something later on the day we just post that's uh, maybe a short five to ten minutes long with our take on what's going on. And uh, other than that, my friend, it's a wrap, as they would say in the movie business. That's a wrap, with it's it. A wrap. I'm going to go and take it easy and uh, wait for it to get here so I can unwrap it. I certainly hope you do. Have yourself a wonderful day, my friend. Oh, by the way, I should I keep doing this. I want to always remind people, contact us at 833-538-7868, 833-538-7868. And then there's mail at itsanotherday.com and mail at America. Dot com. I feel so better now that we any way you want to. I feel better now that we did that, don't you? Oh, I I do too. I mean that that made my day. Now I'm just going to go have a glass of wine and fall asleep in my easy chair. <laughs> Got to start early. Well, I guess you do. Talk to you later. Adios. Get that man a corkscrew. The voice of freedom, CRN America. These days, when you want an answer about just about anything, you ask Alexa. You ask her about the weather. You ask her who won your favorite sporting event. You ask her to find a fact that you can't find anywhere. Well, we did that too. We asked her how many people have downloaded itsanotherday.com. And this is what she said. From acceleration.com. It has been downloaded as much as 260,433,467 times. I know. Seems like a lot. Seems like a lot to us, too. But it's Alexa. Thanks for making us a part of your day. And tell your friends about itsanotherday.com. We could use an extra listener. I mean, what do you do when you only have 260 million? <laughs>